Hello and welcome to the Fluid Soul podcast. I am your host, Amy, and I adore all things that tune us back into that flow state. My intention is to empower you to tap back into your own unique potential and align with your soul's deepest desires. Together, we will uncover and transform the ways in which we can cultivate our own fluid soul experience as we elevate our health, our mindset, our relationships, our spirituality, and our personal growth. Grab a cup of tea and let's get fluid. Welcome back to the Fluid Soul Podcast. This is episode two, and I realized in the process of recording the first episode that there simply wasn't going to be enough time for me to share the whole journey of my experience from childhood to adulthood. In that first episode, I acknowledged that I would be using the following episodes to offer a breakdown of the main pillars that I use or have used to create my own fluid soul experience, to create more flow within my life. Those episodes are coming, please be patient, but I decided that I would instead create a series of episodes as my first offering within this podcast. And within these episodes, I will continue each new episode to share the journey from childhood to adulthood. And there will be a sense or an essence of to be continued within each episode. I left off in the first episode after my graduation at uni. And I left off by sharing that I was questioning after I graduated how I was going to translate the feelings and the experiences I had had in those three years into my everyday life. Like once I left the campus, once I started my adulthood years, in a sense, how was I going to integrate the experiences, the relationships, the the, the special moments, the, the awarenesses, the realizations into my everyday life? And I realize now that this is extremely common for young adults to feel this way as we transition out of our main years of education into, I'm using quotation marks, the real world, we are taught to follow this blueprint of educational steps. And in my opinion, without being given guidance on how to manage our emotions, on how to listen to our unique needs, and how to honor our nudges of inner guidance, our intuition, our inner wisdom. And I ponder then and I ponder now, why do we spend thousands of pounds or dollars, depending on where you are in the world, enrolling in these courses that rarely ever prepare us for the reality of life? And if anything, it seems to me that we learn how to play a role in our educational years, a role that will serve us to stay in our controlled bubble and really to never question that original blueprint. We simply do things because that's just the steps you take. And we avoid or we numb any feelings that may give us insight as to whether or not these steps are in alignment with our soul's desires. 
I so vividly remember the pressure of needing to be successful and to not let my degree go to waste. I remember that almost feeling like it was being drummed into into my soul. And in fact, I still struggle with that feeling of needing to be successful, needing to achieve. I even feel that or have felt that in the process towards realizing this podcast and even in the process of recording and writing the podcast. And this, I believe, was in it the birthing of my work hard and play hard mentality. In the years that followed my graduation, I struggled to find a foothold in the professional world as a performer. And I'll mention that at that time, although I graduated with a theatre arts degree and I loved being on stage within musical theatre, within um, drama, within um, solo performance, within comedy, whatever that might be, I actually was more drawn and had already previously been drawn to um, being a performer in the sense of um, being a singer, being a musician. And each time I failed an audition or received zero callbacks from a performance-based job, I remember that my self-doubt significantly increased and my self-worth significantly plummeted. I, like many young graduates at that time, fell into the hospitality trap. I will explain and, and dig deeper into what I mean by trap. But it's easy to find employment within hospitality, especially when you are straight out of university. You make a substantially larger income than most minimum wage jobs through the tips. You work in a lively and fast environment, which at that time was in alignment with my my nature, my environment that I was used to from university. And 99% of the time at the end of each shift, We would celebrate a hard night of waiting tables with copious amounts of alcohol. And then at some point in my life, I then also was including uh, drugs. I never considered myself to be someone with an addictive personality until then. I was young and I was having fun. And it never crossed my awareness that some of my behaviors were the beginnings of an inner cry to be seen and to be heard. This may be controversial to say, but I'm going to say it as, like I mentioned earlier, I do pride myself on speaking my truth. It's not something I've always come to find easy, but it's a practice that I have really been focusing on integrating into every aspect of my life. I really want to be integral in what I say, what I do, and the energy that I give out. And I do not think there's anything wrong about drinking alcohol or taking drugs. And so for me, it really depends on your intentions behind your actions. If you choose to drink and you choose to take drugs, if it's coming from an intentional place, then I personally do not see anything to be deemed as wrong But of course, within that, there is so many layers. There is so many layers of numbing, of avoiding, of 
wanting to feel something that you're not able to feel from within your soul and so therefore using an external source. And we do this with music, for example. But in our society these days, we deem street drugs as the bad ones and the ones your doctor describes you as the good ones, which in my personal opinion is completely backwards and is another huge sign of the direction in which our society has been going for the last 50 years, perhaps even in the last 100 years. They have been part of our society for thousands of years and some of them are considered a form of plant medicine in many cultures and now in our current day and age are actually being recognized for their therapeutic benefits in mainstream therapy. I would argue that a large percentage of the drugs your doctor prescribes you are far more harmful on a long-term basis than a number of the quote-unquote street drugs. I believe it comes down to the intention that you have behind consuming alcohol and drugs, and of course that you are in a safe and supportive environment. The longer I stayed working in hospitality, the further drifted away my dreams of being a successful performer. At least that's how it felt at that time. And to fill this void inside of me, I focused most of my attention on socializing and networking when I was out with my friends, celebrating, dancing, drinking, I felt like nothing else mattered. I also loved the attention that I've received from men and women. I finally felt seen, acknowledged, even desired, and it was a drug all unto itself. I knew I could not sustain this energetically or emotionally, which caused me to lean deeper into my addictive behaviors. This, once again, gave me that control that I was desperately seeking. I was able to use these addictions to maintain friendships and relationships. As being that good time girl, that people pleaser, that was always ready to party, was very desirable to the people I had in my life. I I remember... That was, in a sense, what I was known for. That is what people came to me for at certain times of the day, the week, the month, the years. I rarely ever thought, maybe I should not drink. Maybe I should not go out tonight. Maybe I should get more sleep. Maybe I should sit with my emotions and go inwards. I can now acknowledge that society also teaches and instills this mentality in a large percentage of the population. It teaches us that in order to cope with the challenges of unmet expectations, unmet successes, unmet goals, that we can turn to our social groups, our local bars, our local pubs, and within those spaces, within those relationships, seek solace by numbing everything out with a night to remember, and then you don't remember it. We are not taught or guided as to how we can live a balanced lifestyle that supports our emotional and energetic bodies. This has become increasingly apparent to me the more and more that I have expanded my own awareness within 
my healing journey, but also as a practitioner within the field of yoga and empowerment. We are made to believe that we have little control over any aspect of our lives, that we have to work our way up the ladder with our educational certificate, our level of status, and a well-paid job. Success is celebrated and failure is numbed out. This belief that we have no control blocks us from ever considering that we ourselves may have the key to our happiness and our freedom. That we ourselves have all of the manifesting power within us and that the key is leaning in and listening to our feelings, our emotions and our energy for that all-important feedback. So how did I begin to transition out of this way of living? One of the guiding lights for me during this time was actually my singing. I decided to start taking my success into my own hands. And I did this by first seeking out other musicians and creating a couple of local duos and a couple of local band projects. I then marketed myself and started to do gigs across London. This was a really incredible time of my life, as I felt like I was able to truly express myself on stage. However, there was always a likelihood that my night would end in drinking. I wanted to look good when I was on stage, so this motivated me to get back into exercising. And to try to balance out my harmful nighttime behaviours, I also decided to try out yoga again. This was another poignant moment in my life when I met my first real guru, my first real yoga teacher, Tammy. I was so incredibly inspired by her level of knowledge, her passion and her detail for the practice. I actually ended up shaping my week around attending her two classes. And in that space, I felt limitless. I felt held. I felt whole. Moving and breathing with my body again began to open up a part of myself that I had not experienced in a very long time. It also challenged me deeply as the more complex postures gave me time to see, feel and acknowledge some of my deeper wounds. I realised with Tammy's guidance that there was more to life than simply existing. And it was this. It was this that sparked within me a long road towards seeking balance from the inside out. Things started to look up for me career-wise around the age of 25. I left hospitality and started working as a marketing manager for a comedy company in London. I got my foot in the door during my uni years with this company when I did casual work for them. I finally felt like this was going to be my stepping stone into the world of performance. It would be a way for me to make really valuable connections that could open up an endless door of possibilities. I felt like a mature adult, but something still did not sit right. And day in, day out, I ignored this gut feeling that I had had that this was not the path for me. I never took the time to sit with these feelings and acknowledge that this was not my dream job, nor did it fit under the umbrella of things that I was passionate about. But really at that time, I was too fearful to listen to these emotions. And instead, I pushed them down and got back my work hard play hard attitude and you guessed it it turns out that my intuition was spot on things in my life rapidly began to fall apart a year into starting this new career path 
I broke up with my long-distant partner who had moved back to Australia the previous year. My best friend stopped talking to me. I was accused of being a drug addict in front of many of my close friends after a messy and emotional night out. My boss had begun to abuse my boundaries, which made me feel unsafe at work. And the band I was in broke up due to dispute between some of the members. The final blow came when I decided to book a doctor's appointment to fit myself with a copper IUD. For those of you listening who don't know what this is, it's a non-hormonal form of birth control. And of course, most people would understand and appreciate that a young female would not want to disclose the details of such an appointment to their boss, as it's pretty personal. And I felt the same. It's a simple procedure but can create painful cramps that can last for a few days. I asked for a doctor's note before I left my appointment as a backup in case I had to take a few days off work. And the effects from the procedure were far more painful than I had expected, and I did end up taking three days off work. When I returned back to my job, the atmosphere in the office was awkward to say the least. I gave the doctor's note to my boss and got on with my day. And I was not prepared for what was about to happen the next day. The events that followed completely changed the trajectory of my entire life. And I want to mention that this is very personal and very vulnerable for me to be even sharing this. But I feel like it's a really important step for me to share this. And to use this again as a way to support and inspire those of you who may be in similar situations to make that step towards choosing you first. It was an extremely traumatizing event that has left many wounds to be healed, but I can also appreciate that this was a necessary shift or I believe it was the universe giving me a wake-up call. This was the universe shaking up my world so that I could begin to move closer towards my soul's truest desires, but at that time I couldn't see it in that way. We often view negative or challenging events as good or bad. However, when we focus on what we want to call into our lives, we often forget that we do not have control in the how that thing we desire will arrive for us. In order to make space for your desires to arrive, we often need to shed existing circumstances or people from our life first, which in a number of cases means moving through pain or discomfort. This is a lesson that I have taken with me from this experience. When shit gets messy in my life now, I really do my best to practice gratitude, to release expectations and instead trust that this too shall pass and that something even better is just around the corner. The next day I showed up for work and within minutes of my arrival was asked to move to the meeting room with my boss and our accountant who also worked in the same office space as us. Our accountant was brought in to take notes and to be a witness, which at that time I was like, why would he need to come into the room? (laughs) Like, I don't understand. I was fired on the spot that day for gross misconduct. My boss accused me of lying and forging a doctor's note. I was in total shock. And I remember in that moment bursting into tears. I was also livid from the inside out and I didn't know how to share that in that moment how to speak my truth I felt completely abused embarrassed and angry 
I informed my boss and the accountant of the procedure that I had, which made no difference. I remember thinking to myself, I just shared a really personal part of myself in the most embarrassing moment of my life and it didn't even matter. No one even cared. From there, I was then informed that apparently I had taken two more sick days than I was meant to the previous year and then therefore I was not reliable. Really what I think what it comes down to is they wanted me out and not because I was doing a bad job but because I throughout that process continued to show up, continued to be acknowledged by the people within that business and was given praise But I also spoke my truth with my boss. I also challenged beliefs he had, decisions he had for the business. I didn't just sit down and not say anything. And I think that really rattled his own inner trauma. In researching the legal steps that a business must take before executing an immediate dismissal, I learned that what happened to me was actually completely illegal My boss did not follow the legal steps, nor did he give me an opportunity to appeal. I tried to take it to court, but I simply did not have enough money to fight the company lawyers. I was emotionally and energetically exhausted. I felt completely empty, alone, and as if I had failed life, everything I was working towards was gone. This was the beginning of my inner unraveling. People might say that this was the start of my spiritual awakening. I needed to leave. I needed to run away. I needed to go somewhere where no one knew anything about me. In less than three months since I was fired, I had saved enough money along with my pay out from the dismissal to leave London. It was 2012 when I moved my whole life to Australia to reconnect with my then ex-partner. And my aim, my hope was to start afresh. I left everything that I knew behind. My home city my family, my friends, my music connections, my weekly hobbies, my social gatherings, my yoga studio, and the old version of myself. I'm not going to lie, it was fucking hard for the first year after I left. What I had visualized and hoped for myself with this move was not what I received. I was given tough lessons after tough lessons that beat me further down to the ground. I struggled to get a job And it led to me having to return to working in hospitality, which I I did everything within my power at that time to not go back. But in the end, I had to get a paycheck. I lived and worked with my partner after reuniting under a rocky foundation, which was just a bad decision in itself to begin with. And in that process of not having any work for the first three months, I ran out of money and was living paycheck to paycheck. I had no friends, I had no social circle, and I realized that I was hitting my rock bottom. I thought that when I was fired, that was rock bottom. But in reality, like I mentioned previously, the universe was still showing me lessons, was still offering manifestations to help me bring my awareness to the fact that the path I was on was not the path for me. And I still hadn't learned that lesson at that time. When I felt that sense of being at rock bottom, I had this inner inclination to get away, to get away from my then partner, to get away from the work I was doing, from 
the place I was living in, from even the city I was living in, I needed to be alone. I needed to have space to think, what were my next steps? And so on a whim, I decided to apply to work as a nanny on a farm. This job was on the other side of Australia. I was in Brisbane at the time, and I ended up traveling all the way over to Victoria and then all the way into the center of Victoria, which is kind of like bumfuck nowhere, to nanny on a farm in a tiny community. I needed to escape everything. And I challenged myself to spend four months on my own. This is something that I hadn't really ever done before. Yes, I had traveled, but never fully alone. And yes, of course, I had spent days, weekends alone, but I had never been in another country, a country that was new to me, on my own without any support other than myself. And it's terrifying to go from having a thriving social life where you're surrounded by vibrant, loving friends in a city that you know like the back of your hand to living with a family you barely know in the bush with nothing to do but sit with your emotions and connect with nature. I certainly did not appreciate it at that time. But here in Victoria, I was beginning to witness and heal my wounds, even if this was a unconscious expression. These moments of discomfort truly define who we become in life. I now look back and appreciate that the most challenging moments have been my most influential teachers. In this space of solitude, I learned how to be with myself, how to overcome pain, how to overcome disappointment, how to reinvent myself, how to make new friends, how to problem solve, how to expand my abilities, how to take charge of my own mental and physical well-being, and most importantly, how to begin to lean into my unique potential. Throughout this period of my life, yoga and exercise was my shining beacon of hope. And I mean that with every essence of my soul. It was truly my form of therapy that held me and guided me forwards in those feelings of loneliness, in those feelings of despair. When I was on my mat, I felt that same feeling of pure bliss that I had only ever felt or experienced when singing on stage. The more time I spent on my mat, the less time I wanted to spend drinking, taking drugs, complaining, or working in a job that I hated. Whilst in Australia, I actually decided to take a really long break from alcohol and drugs. And it left me feeling pretty fucking raw and real. But that feeling provided me with a deeper sense of clarity that I had not yet experienced. In the years that followed, I stepped more and more into my personal power. I experimented with a variety of different jobs. Some pay better than others, but I never felt fulfilled. Let's just say that Australia had not lived up to all of my hopes and dreams of having a magical backpacking experience, free from the constricts of a job, a home, and responsibilities. And I want to make a point of saying that it's not because of Australia. (laughs) Australia is a beautiful country. There is so many possibilities. There is so much incredible, beautiful nature. There is so many incredible people to meet. It was the choices I made on my path within Australia that led to the experiences I had. When I reflect on this time now, I see how valuable the twists and turns had been in leading me to where I now sit. 
We often blame our life circumstances on things outside of ourselves. This is a form of protection, which is formed during our childhood years. We enjoy the attention we receive when we play the role of a victim as a child, and this behavior translates into our adult experiences. Society teaches us that we are not in control of our reality, that we have to spin the dice and accept whatever luck of the draw that we receive, but this is simply not true. Okay, so yes, we do not have control over everything in our lives. I acknowledge that. Of course, we are also led by the collective consciousness, the collective manifestations, but we do have complete control in how we respond to life. Like I mentioned earlier, we are not provided with a blueprint on how to regulate our reactions, our stresses, our nervous system, and this leaves us feeling overwhelmed, lost, and so we end up playing the role that is familiar to us, which for me at that time was the victim. And I also think for many, it's the victim. As the victim, we receive externally support and love from others, which further validates our choice to have a pity party. This is not an empowering place to grow from. It leaves us in a vulnerable place where distractions, addictions, and abusive relationships tend to form. Everyone is having their own experience. Everyone is coming from a place of individual choice. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I hold love and gratitude to each and every one of you for choosing to invite me into your awareness today. If you liked, loved, or resonated with what was shared, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify. If you take a screenshot of your review and send it over to fluidsoulpodcast at gmail.com, you will receive from me a free guided chakra activation meditation as a little thank you. If you know of anyone that could be supported through this podcast, please share it with them. If you share it on social media, do not forget to tag me as I would love to repost that share. To keep up to date with what I'm up to, head over to my socials, Instagram, amy.fluidsoul, and Facebook, Fluid Soul Yoga. Your support is crucial in my ability to continue to serve and record episodes. You can send me a donation of your choice by following the Red Circle donation link in the show notes of this episode. And if you're curious on how I've been able to create more fluidity, freedom and abundance via the online space, hop over to my website, fluidsoul.ca and sign up for our free web class to learn more. Now grab a cup of tea and let's get fluid.